Blog Talk Radio.
Yo, it's me, the grill. Why don't you put down that garden hose and get over here? We got some grilling to do. So scrape my grate and lay it on me. Spicy Korean pork chops, grilled pork burritos, and double smoky ribs with bacon, bourbon, barbecue sauce. Woo-wee! I'm getting up to 350 real fast. So come on. Let's grill for it. Want to grill for it this summer? Get started at PorkBeInspired.com. This message funded by America's Pork Producers and the Pork Checkoff. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with your host, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Parthenia is a psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner who will show you alternative paths towards health with a holistic approach. And now here's the host of Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Okay, good evening to those of you listening tonight, uh, October 4, 2011, and hello to those of you listening some other time. You are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom Radio with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard, here on Blog Talk Radio. Now, last week I rebroadcast my Stuart Wilde author of Grace Gaia and the End of Days program on uh, Tuesday. And then last week, Wednesday, Tony Yancey, author of Instant Recess and part of First Lady Michelle Obama's Fitness Project. And then on Thursday, my Nina Marquis, author of the Serotonin Diet program. Uh, so if you missed that program, you can always go to my website, select radio programs, or just go to Blog Talk Radio and uh, look up Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, and you can listen to the archives. Uh, tonight, October 4, 2011, I'm rebroadcasting my Joseph M. Seltzer, Ph.D., author of The Myth of the Great Ending, Why We've Been Longing for the End of Days Since the Beginning of Time. And then tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, October 5, 2011, I rebroadcast my David Fetter, author of the Skinny Carbs Diet program. And on Thursday this week, October 6, 2011, I rebroadcast my Linda Hawes Cleaver, author of the Fatigue Prescription program. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Joseph M. Seltzer, Ph.D., author of The Myth of the Great Ending. Uh, Wellness, wholeness, and wisdom. Be well. Welcome to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with your host, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Parthenia is a psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner who will show you alternative paths towards health with a holistic approach. Call in with your questions or comments at 888-235-7374. And now here's the host of Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Good evening to those of you listening to our live broadcast tonight, March 14, March 15, 2011. Now, the reason March 14th is on my mind is because that was my birthday, so forgive me. <laughs> and hello to those of you listening to an Internet archive within a few minutes of the show close or rebroadcast some other time. 
Saturdays, perhaps. Uh, thanks for listening uh, this evening uh, here on Achieve Radio. And there is a link on my website uh, so that you can, you know, select it and listen to the program. Now, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izard at Achieve Radio on the Internet. Now, to call into the program, call 888-235-7374. That is 888-235-7374. Or you can send instant messages during the show through the link on the Achieve Radio homepage. They call them in-quick messages. Uh, please, any problems with the Internet links, give me a call after the show at 866 866- Four seven two six zero nine four. That is eight six six four seven two six zero nine four. Now on this program, we discuss alternative medicine therapies, related products and issues, and we do it with the experts. We also discuss life wisdom types of issues with. Uh, celebrity guests who may not be directly related to alternative medicine. Now, only try the therapies shared here after consulting with your physician. Now, last week we did a rebroadcast of our recent Antonio Huggy Bear Fargus interview. Uh, on that program, we discussed his current play, The Real McCoy. Now, if you missed that show, you can go to my website, as I told you earlier, at www.amtherapies.com. Click on the radio link to hear the show. For appointments with me and for general information, call 866-472-6094. That is 866-472-6094. And again, that's for remote and face-to-face appointments. Intuitive Monique Chapman, who also has a program on Achieve Radio, as a matter of fact, after tonight's program, uh, she visits every second Tuesday of the month, and she will visit us again next month, April 12, 12, 11, 12 11, 2011. Boy, I'm really doing it well tonight, Uh, and she'll join us with Monique's Moments. Call in. She will share her intuition about you, the economy, and other concerns. Now, remember, you can purchase the book I co-authored, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health, on my website. Visit www.amtherapies.com to make that wonderful resource a gift to yourself and or a friend. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm Alternative Medi. Tonight I'm going to be speaking with Joseph M. Felser, author of The Myth of Great of the Great Ending. Why we've been longing for the end of days since the beginning of time. At the end of the program we will discuss the herb turmeric and the asana artha masandrasana too. Now it's time for our wellness news. And again, this is from Science Daily. Um, Extra iron doesn't help many pregnant women, study suggests. And this was from the March 13, 2011 uh, 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 issue. Now, although universal prenatal supplementation with iron is recommended, an extra intake of iron does not noticeably benefit pregnant women except when they are anemic. This was observed by researchers of the Institute of Tropical Medicine, Antwerp, and colleagues who followed more than a thousand pregnant women in Burkina Faso. 
Our body needs iron to produce hemoglobin, the substance in our red blood cells responsible for the transport of oxygen through our body. In Western countries, anemia, a shortage of oxygen transporters, is rare, but in Africa, up to half of all women are anemic. Of the 12 168 pregnant women in this study, 43% were anemic. Half of those women received daily pills with 60 milligrams of iron plus folic acid. The other half received 30 milligrams of iron plus folic acid, zinc, vitamins A and C, and other micronutrients. Chance decided who got what. The woman took the pills until three months after delivery. At the end of the study, all women ended up with about the same levels of iron in their blood, regardless of how much iron they had taken. They all had around 11 grams of hemoglobin per deciliter of blood, say slightly below normal. During pregnancy, when all growing child needs oxygen, women need more iron than normally, certainly towards the end of their pregnancy. But the administration of extra iron to the normal women could not prevent their hemoglobin levels from slightly dropping. Uh, quote, the benefit of iron supplements in non-anemic women is unclear, end quote, the authors conclude in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. In Africa, where many people are malnourished and where parasites also take their part, many um, people suffer from iron-poor blood. That, of course, has to be supplemented. In anemic women, the pills made the iron levels go up to the same level as in the other pregnant women, a bit below normal. Okay, when we come back from break, we will um, talk with our guest. Uh, you have been listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izard. This portion of the program is sponsored by Alternative Medicine Therapies in Pennsylvania. Visit my website, www.amtherapies.com, and call our number for remote or face-to-face -face appointments. That's 866-72-6094. That is 866-472-6094. You are hearing us live from the Internet. We'll be back with Joseph M. Seltzer, Ph.D., an author of The Myth of the Great Ending. Why we've been longing for the end of days since the beginning of time. Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi life therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. 
AchieveRadio.com. You are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Now remember on my website, www.amtherapies.com, you can preview and purchase the book I co-authored, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health. My chapter is Naturopathy. We are back, going to be back, well, we are back, but I have to do my little intro, uh, with uh, Joseph M. Seltzer, Ph.D., and author of The Myth of the Great Ending, why we've been longing for the end of days since the beginning of time. Okay, now my guest, Joseph M. Seltzer, Ph.D., graduated summa cum laude and Phi Beta Kappa from Boston University, which of course happens to be my alma mater, and received his doctorate in philosophy from the University of Chicago. He is currently Associate Professor of Philosophy at Kingsborough Community College of the City University of New York in Brooklyn, New York. The author of numerous articles on parapsychology, religion, myth, and the paranormal, his writings have appeared in diverse journals, both scholarly and popular, including the Journal of the American Society of Psychical Research, the Journal of the American Academy of Religion, the International Journal of Parapsychology, Collingwood Studies, Exceptional Human Experience, Mythosphere, and Anomalist. Hampton Rhodes published his previous book, The Way Back to Paradise, Restoring the Balance Between Magic and Reason, in 2005. He and his wife, along with their golden retriever, make their home in suburban New Jersey, but get away to Maine whenever they can. Good evening, Dr. Felser. Good evening, Parthenia, and happy birthday. At least it's not on the Iger's Park. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank goodness for that. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I, I, this, well, first of all, I'm glad to be speaking to someone from Boston who graduated from Boston University. Yes, I'm uh, a fellow alum, yes. Yeah, very interesting. I'll have to talk to you outside of this to find out when that was. We don't need to talk about that now. Let's move it But, you know, I'm really, uh, I can't wait to really get into the meat of your book, uh, because this is something my husband and I talk about, have talked about from time to time. But before we get there, I'd like to find out a little bit about you, um, what growing up was like for you that might have had something to do with inspiring your curiosity about um, myths and the great ending. Well, I would say myths and religion in general uh, were interests of mine uh, for as long as I can remember. Uh, mm. I, uh, I I read a lot of things. Uh, from uh, Greek mythology to the New Testament, even though I wasn't Christian. Uh, I, I just read uh, and was absorbed by uh, the spiritual side of life, you might say. Um, and I just always had a sense, I think, uh, that there was something else. And I wasn't sure what it was, and I, I didn't really ever feel comfortable with any particular belief system I read a lot of uh, uh, parapsychology books when I was younger and books mm-hmm. about ghosts and, and things like that. So I had a sort of very eclectic uh, taste, you might say. And as far as the, the myth of the great ending, I, I think that goes back to childhood as well because um, it seems – now, I, I will say that I, I – well, 54, I'll, I'll give you that age. So I <laughs> am very much uh, uh, remember – in school having air raid drills mm-hmm. and fallout shelters. And so for as long as I can remember, it seems, 
this topic of the end of the world in one form or another has been on the front burner. Uh, yes. It's just it's it's transmuted itself many many times, and uh, but it just seems to come back again and again and again and again. It's, it's sort of like an obsession that just won't go away. And I think that's what what you know really led me to to want to write the book was to try and uh, I guess it was a mixture of concern and curiosity, a concern about the the sort of level of fear uh, and curiosity just about. I mean, I myself wanted to understand why we are so obsessed with this idea of a of a day of terminal doom and terminal judgment. Yes, it's quite quite interesting. I mean, to the extent, I mean, I my husband and I actually know people who closed out bank accounts and sold things and gave up things and moved oh, yeah, and, yeah. Oh, in preparation. That's quite yeah. quite something. In the, in um, the when the year. 1,000, uh, Joe Campbell talks about this. You know, there were people that were convinced that uh, Jesus was coming back and, and sold, I'm sorry, not sold, but gave their land to the church and uh, basically have been trying to get it back ever since because it didn't happen, you know. <laughs> uh, this, you know, this was known in church history as the great non-event because Jesus himself speaks of the end of the world, of course, in, in the Gospels. And it appears from things that he says that this is about to happen. He talks about the fact that the generation won't pass away before these things occur, and of course what that means is, is open to interpretation, but uh, certainly the expectation uh, of the end of the world and the final judgment is something that is built into the structure of, of Christianity, and for some people it's just a matter of faith, and if it doesn't happen next year or the year after, it's going to happen at some point, and, and that's just part of their, their belief system. Well, I like your opening uh, quote here. Myths are made for the imagination to breathe, breathe life into them. Albert yes. Camus. Um, yes, that's from Camus. Yeah. Yes. How did you come across that? I mean, did you just through your Camus reading, uh, and then felt yes, this is ideal to put in the beginning of the book? Or yes, uh, I mean, I, I came across that quote. Uh, uh, that that comes from the myth of Sisyphus, and mm -hmm. that's one of the, the essays that I always assign to my students. And so I was familiar with that quote, and I really liked it. For years, I just, you know, uh, thought about that again and again and come back to it. And uh, I, I think we have a, a tendency not to take responsibility for our imagination and to say to sort of play a kind of uh, a game with ourselves to kind of, you know, we try to scare ourselves, and then we pretend that we're not scaring ourselves, <laughs> you know. Mm. So I, I think that, um, you know, myths, uh, Joe Campbell says, you know, uh, we don't invent myths, myths invent us. And I think that's true to a certain extent. That, that in other words, we, th these, these stories come from a, a, a deep level of the human psyche, and we no more can predict uh, what the next myth is going to be than we can predict what we're going to dream tonight because uh, it, it comes from this deep level. And, and Campbell says myths are public dreams and dreams are private myths, and so there's a connection between myths and dreams. And uh, so, um, you know, I think this is, you know, it's, it's important to, to bear in mind. Uh, and, and on the other hand, you know, uh, one of the things I try to say in the book is, look, we, we can choose how we want to imagine the world. And ultimately, we are responsible for what we, what we put out there because it may very, may very well be that the, the myths – are not simply windows through which we perceive the world, but also if the physicists are telling us the truth mm -hmm. about yes. the fact that you can't separate the observer from the observed, and in a way that this may be also creating the reality that we also perceive at the same time, 
And so the question becomes then, what kind of reality do we, do we want to create? And do we want to create a fear-based reality, or do we want to do something else, uh, turn to joy and affirmation of life as opposed to sort of shrinking away from it and hoping that it goes away? Because I think that kind of underlies a lot of the hope for uh, for, for this uh, end of the world is a kind of uh, disgust and resignation and a sense of, of almost giving up and uh, – um, so uh, that, that's that, that was one of the things that I, I one of the conclusions that I came to. Well, as uh, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to let you know. Not only is it well written, it's uh, it's like reading a novel more so than reading about uh, you know a lot of facts that support a, a position. Um, so it, it'll be enjoyable reading and informative reading. Um, and uh, for those of us who like to have. Uh, you know, a reasonable amount to read. I think it's right in the right range. It's, you know, it's what, a couple hundred pages, so you can, you know, long enough that you get saturated in the topic, yet not too long that it keeps you from finishing your dissertation or something that you <laughs> I wouldn't want to be responsible for anything like that, believe me. <laughs> and and that's, I like, of course, the positive attitude and that whole concept of our responsibility for events and our reality and that, that kind of thing. Um, I just, for the listeners, um, it's a 12-chapter book with a prologue and an epilogue. And uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to touch on a couple of the chapters uh, during the course of the, the interview to give people a, a sense of what they're going to get. And then later on, uh, you know, talk about your website so people will know where they can go to purchase and get more information about you and the book. And then um, later on, you know, give us some information about any upcoming book signings and things of that nature yeah, that sure. people can take advantage of. Now, uh, I guess I know people always ask you, which is your favorite chapter? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite chapter? Yes. Um, I don't. I don't know if I have a favorite chapter. Um, geez, I, that's that's a good question. I uh, really see. I thought they would have asked you that to death. Um, no, I I, um, I. I think. Gosh, that that really is a, a, a tough one. Uh, I mean, each chapter. I guess. Let's see. Okay, take you maybe, off the maybe, spot. Maybe chapter three. It, uh, Breaking the cycle or mending. Yeah, because the... I think that that if if you get the idea, that the basic one of the basic ideas of the book is we once upon a time. Uh, this this goes back at least eighteen thousand years. Mm. Once upon a time, we thought in terms of the circle and the cycle. And, and to a certain extent, in the East, they still do, but there's a, there's a little bit of a twist, and I can get to that if you want me to. But mm. once upon a time, we all lived nature cycles. You know, black elk, the, the famous, you know, uh, Oglala Sioux uh, holy man said, you know, the power of the world always works in circles, and everything tries to be round. Mm. And this idea of the cycle of nature and the circle as a symbol of that, and when you think of the circle... You know, there's there's three aspects to it, as Joe Campbell points out. You know, Joe Campbell being a great mythologist, who has very very much influenced my my thinking about these things, and he points out that the circle has three aspects. You have first of all the idea of again the the going round and round and round the cycles, and everything repeats. And Black Elk says, you know, the life is going from childhood to childhood that we're born 
basically ball toothless and dependent, and that's the way we go out. And there are certain cycles, certain stops along the way, certain stages and stages of life and so forth. And it, it comes full circle, and, and the seasons come full circle, and the day comes full circle. And this is the and and the planet is a is a sphere, and you know so everything works. And, and time itself was thought of as this never beginning. It, it never begins and it never ends. And there's just change, and it's one changing from one state to another to another to another, and it just goes around and around. Now the other aspects of the circle, everything within that that field is enclosed and is one thing. So everything is connected to everything else. So for example, again I'll go back to black elk. Uh, in, in the Lakota language, Metakuye, Oyasin, we are all relatives, right? Everything's related to everything else. So um, then the other aspect of it is the mystical aspect, that center out of which everything comes and back into which it goes, that mysterious center, central point, right? A circle is described in geometry as a set of points equidistant from a central point inscribed along a radius, and that central point, mystical point that is the mystery from which we come and back into which we go at death and it's also the mystery that's experienced in the so-called mystical experience and in in these earlier traditions as i say going back 18,000 years and, and the shamans still think in these terms um everything there is no absolute ending to time and on the other hand you can experience Eternity here and now, through a, a, a deliberate uh, transformation of your consciousness, you might say, by focusing on that center point. And so, a lot of the the, the shamans have experiences. For example, now I knew this from my, my reading of the shaman experience. They go into this experience, and some of them have visions of great destruction, personal destruction, and also collective destruction. And when they come out of these experiences, the way they interpret this is symbolically that this is a reconstitution of themselves, that this is a transformation of themselves in relation to their tribe in, in terms of their function. Now they become healers, you see. And so mm. the old is swept away, the new comes in, and they have experienced, they have got, actually gone over to the other side. They've made that transit and they've come back. And so, for example, one of the things that Campbell liked to quote that goes along with this is that uh, that verse from the the so-called Gnostic Gospel of, of Thomas, where Jesus, uh, instead of saying the kingdom is about to come, says the kingdom of the Father is spread upon the earth, but men do not see it. So in other words, what, what ending the world means really is transforming the way you perceive and the way you act in the world and having that experience here and now of affirming the world because everything is as, as it should be, and, and it's great. And and this is this is it, and you can experience eternity here and now by by going by moving to the center of the circle, which is always where you want to move because that's the point of balance. Well, then it's it's very difficult, I guess, for the average person who hasn't ha who doesn't have a background in parapsychology and the physics that we alluded to earlier. It must be very difficult for them to get a handle on the things they see going on. These these days, for example, and in conjunction with the myths uh, that they've heard about, i.e., the Mayan calendar and the Edgar Casey predictions and so forth and so on. What kind of advice or what kind of I mean, you do it in the book, but for the listeners who haven't 
read the book yet. What yes. kind of advice do you have for them to, to get a grip on things? Well, I think, you know, initially I thought in, in kind of sociological terms about this whole problem that we, you know, it's, it's almost like we have post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. What's the post-traumatic stress? I mean, you know what that is. I mean, that's when... You know, a soldier comes back from the battlefield, and, and she or he is walking down the street, and they hear a car backfire, and, and every loud noise reminds them of the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And 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 so, uh, you know, my, my sense is that the original trauma had to do, well, what what caused us to to lose faith and to break away from the circle, and that was the other aspect of it was we took the circle. If you take a hula hoop and a hacksaw, and you cut it and you stretch it out, what do you have? You have a straight line. And now you have a beginning, right, an absolute beginning. And now you have an absolute ending. And everything that's above the line and everything that's below the line, right, they're not connected anymore. So the circle that enclosed things is now open, and you have disconnection instead of connection. So mm-hmm. my, my, my advice is, I mean, it, 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 I think it all comes down, that each individual has to try, I mean, to get in touch with the cycles, because even at an individual level, if you think about it, for example, I just read an article uh, yesterday or the day before that, I don't know, maybe 40%, maybe I'm exaggerating, but not by much, maybe 40% of Americans have some kind of sleep disorder where they're not getting enough sleep. Right. Sleep cycles are interfered with. And then what, if we try to fix that, what do we try and fix that with? They, they try to sell us some kind of drug. And then mm-hmm. the joke is, when you hear what the drug can do to you, you think to yourself, I'd rather not sleep than, than, <laughs> than be driving my car while I'm, you know, taking this drug, this kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. or the other aspect of it is people, uh, um, you know, uh, in terms of the cycles of life, for example, uh, you know, I see some of these people, this idea that you're never supposed to get old, and old is bad, and wrinkles are bad. And, you know, the, the, like with this obsession with plastic surgery and appearance and so forth, and so we try mm-hmm. to sort of, uh, again, our idea is not to go with time, but to defeat time somehow, to try and control things. And I, I think a lot of this, this fear and, and, and this, this, this need to control is two aspects of the, the same thing, two sides of the same coin. So my advice is just to relax, <laughs> to get in touch with those natural rhythms again, and, and as far as all the prophecies are concerned, you know, um, I, there was a study done not too long ago by um, this uh, researcher at the uh, American Society for Psychical Research, Nancy Sondow, and she did a study of precognitive experiences, you know, mm-hmm. foretelling the future, which I believe is possible. I, I do believe that people see into the future. But... The thing that she that she found out, and this was a kind of meta study. In other words, she didn't do it original research. She did basically a study of other people's studies. Right. So what she found out was very interesting because uh, there seemed to be a uh, inverse relationship between uh, the uh, time of the prediction and the accuracy of it. So that, in other words, the further one gets from the thing foreseen, the more unlikely the accuracy is going to be. So, in other words, it seems like these experiences are kind of, A, forewarning us of things that are close by, and B, the other aspect of it is the future seems to be open. In other Mm -hmm. words, you can think of the future, like my book, like 
I've already written this book, and you're just reading it. You read it you're getting to page 201. 201's already written by me. Now, mm -hmm. you can think of the future as already predetermined, or is the future more like my my plan book, my lesson plan book, or I, I sketch some things in, and I think I'll come cover this material, but something could come up, something could change. So mm -hmm. I, I don't think, in other words, I don't think – we should scare ourselves with these uh, with these prophecies. Uh, I, I, I think that, first of all, they're always open to interpretation. Um, I, and I think that, you know, when people say, well, did Nostradamus predict the Egyptian revolution? I just have to laugh, because if you think about it, how if Nostradamus had even had access to the future in that way, how would he have even conceptualized? I mean, if he had a, a picture, a literal picture of people, for example, using cell phones, how would he have even conceptualized what that was back Hold when he was Hold that thought for me. Hold <laughs> that thought for me. We have to go to break. Folks, you're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Uh, bye. Go to my website and check out the new skin products. Uh, we're going to be back with Joseph M. Felser, Ph.D., author of The Myth of the Great Ending, why we've been longing for the end of days since the beginning of time. AchieveRadio.com Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi light therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. Hey, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Um, now, remember, when you go to the website to check out those new skin products, there's a link on the left-hand column of the home page. There, you pick that link. It'll take you to a page where you can see the whole product catalog, preview and purchase everything uh, that they have to offer. Uh, because the nanotechnology they utilize there uh, supplements, uh, enables their supplements to be more efficiently assimilated by the body. Additionally, they have technology that works wonders for your skin and scalp with remarkable results. Uh, we are back with uh, Joseph M. Felser, Ph.D., author of The Myth of the Great Ending, uh, why we've been longing for the end of days since the beginning of time. Okay, uh, Dr. Felser, I, I, I was just so engrossed with what you were saying. I'm sorry I didn't give you more time to oh, wrap, right. wrap up what you were saying, but you want to revisit the, the end of what, what you were saying there? Uh, well, I guess what I was saying uh, had to do with the, um, the the circle and the line, and mm -hmm. and trying to get back in tune at a personal level with with the natural rhythms of of our life, and and um, you know I think uh, the Taoists have uh, a line on this, you know, the, the idea of, of going with the flow, 
and not trying to resist it and not trying to control it. You know, the straight line, the idea that time is a, is a straight line, I think in part came in because of a, of a desire to try and, and control things. And um, it, it does give us a measure of understanding and control, but I think it's, it's a very limited reality uh, and, and a very limited view. And uh, it, it comes in, you know, fairly, fairly late, you might say, in human development. And it, it puts us out of tune, I think, with, uh, with the rhythms of life that, that we, each of us, feels at some level, and we know when we're out of tune. And uh, when, when we try to, to manage things and control things, uh, I, I think that's when we, we really get into, into trouble because nature will have her way. And, uh, you know, so I, I, think that, that, uh, um, I think that's a big issue. And, and, yeah. and the, fear, the, the fear thing, I mean, uh, that, that, you know, the, the idea of, of, of being, allowing one's life to be ruled by fear, I mean, I think there are, look, there's, there are people who want to use fear because fear is something that controls other people. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, so I, I think we can't be too naive about this. And, and we all do have, we have problems. Of course, I don't mean to be Pollyanna to say, you know, look on the bright side and ignore the dark side. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. But I think that, that the mature way is to look at both and to affirm life as it is in its balance. And for every, for every yin, there's going to be a yang. For every light, there's going to be darkness. There's always those two sides. And you just got to say yes to it and, and, and not be afraid. And, and I think that the, uh, the, the fear factor is being used by some people to, uh, um, you know, uh, make a lot of money. <laughs> make, make, yeah, make money. Uh, make, you know, it's, it's, it's pure hustlerism uh, for some people. But I also think that, you know, fear has always been used by, by certain religions as a recruiting device. You know, uh, you're going to be among the, the, the elect, and uh, other people that, that don't make the right choices are going to be in trouble. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, if, if you look, for example, if you remember back in the 1990s when we had that sort of epidemic of, of suicide cults and, and uh, yeah. the, this uh, kind of thing was being used in, in these small groups, and we could look at it and say, well, that's, that's not the way we are. But, of course, now I remember not that many years ago we had the, uh, the 2000, the Y2K scare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and and people were stockpiling, you know, uh, uh, stuffs in their basement, and and then we had, uh, you know, then at the same time that was in part of the Millennium Scare, you know, was the world going to end because you know uh, it was time for Jesus to come back again, or uh, and then of course we had we had the tragedy of 9/11, but after that uh, we had people talking again about, well, there's going to be a final battle in the Middle East, and here we go again with the end of the world. So, And then, um, and actually, I started writing this book before the whole Mayan thing even took off, and, and I had no idea that it was going to be such a, a timely thing. I really hadn't intended it to be. It was just, uh, it was just really coincidence. And, uh, and so it, it seems as though every time it doesn't happen, uh, then something else comes in to fill that void to get us, keep us, on edge and I just think that's a bad way to live well yes I always advise people never make decisions out of fear or anger there's got to be yeah wait till your uh, adrenaline isn't superseding your clarity to make a reasonable uh, decision about something 
But, you know, it's hard to say when people are in the midst of their fear. Um, you mentioned some uh, research-based kinds of information, and I always like to get uh, whatever uh, an author has handy for us. Do you happen to know roughly how many end-of-days uh, myths they've been in the past, whatever, number of years? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I, I mean, every tradition has uh, a myth of the, of the ending. Um, and, of course, in, in the past so many years, we've had, uh, you might say, en many ending scares. I didn't, I didn't count them up. But, I mean, if you just look on the Internet, we have Planet X and we have the Mayan thing and we have, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we've had nuclear winter and we've had, you know, and, and, you know the environment. And, and mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, I mean, just in the past 20 years, I mean, there must so have been. So you can uh, only imagine. Yeah. And, 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 of course, all these, you know, stories, I mean, from time immemorial, there have been stories about the endings. But, like I said, if you look at these other cultures, where this, the cycle is emphasized, uh, you always have renewal. There's always mm -hmm. a hope. First of all, you, you, uh, one, one of my favorite stories is this uh, Sioux, traditional Sioux story uh, of creation. And it, the narrator kind of casually starts out by saying, well, you know, there was a world before this one. Mm -hmm. And then it describes the creation of our world. And, uh, and a, to make a long story short, it turns out that uh, our world isn't even a second world. There was there were two worlds before our world. And then it goes through the creation and, and how the, the creator made our world and uh, uh, so forth. And it's a long story. And finally, the turtle brings up mud from the bottom of this uh, abyssal water. And, and the creator, you know, fashions the earth and everything. And then at the end of the story, uh, because the creator saying that the first two didn't quite work out, and, you know, he hopes this one will, but there might have to be a fourth. So you get the idea that, you know, there's really no beginning and there's no ending. And in all these nature-based cyclical ideas, you don't have this kind of uh, uh, fear, even of individual extinction, because even at the individual level, there's a confidence that we existed before we came in to these bodies and that we're going to exist after we leave these bodies. And so even personal birth and personal death are not absolute endings. Now, in our scientific materialist tradition, you might say, you know, we have the secular version of the religious idea. We have a big bang, and then the universe expands, and then it contracts. And then at the individual level, we have, we have birth, growth, and death. And again, you have that straight line. And you have, again, this idea of it's an absolute ending. You know, when, when you're dead, you're dead. You're just worm food. So uh, I think in, in these other nature-based traditions, the indigenous traditions, uh, you have a very different attitude toward life. Uh, you know, there's a, also I go back to the, uh, uh, the, the Sioux Indians and Crazy Horse. You know, when he'd ride into battle, he would say, it's a great day to fight and it's a great day to die. And uh, mm -hmm. that became the battle cry of the Sioux. And that's, you know, when you can affirm life like that, you can say, I'm, you know, life is beautiful, I'm ready to go, you know, and, and, and I'm ready to live. Whatever it, whatever it is, it is. And, and I think that's a beautiful thing. And I think that that kind of attitude was part and parcel of these people that saw themselves already as part of something larger than themselves. They didn't have to 
uh, find a way to connect. They already felt connected. They knew they were connected. And we've lost that. We've lost that sense. And I think that's part of the problem. Well, why is the end, and most of these endings are just, oh, my goodness, they're not very pretty. Why why would we even want something like that to happen to us? Well, I think... I think at bottom it's a healthy desire. In other words, I think that we want an end to the misery that we ourselves have created for ourselves. But I think within mm-hmm. that desire to escape is a desire for something better. And the something better that we lost was that sense of connection. We want a sense of connection. We want an ending to our separation. And we think the only way that we can get that is if, you know, a, a hand comes down from the clouds and, and sort of does it for us. We Again, we don't want to take the responsibility. And, and I think that the sense of, you know, uh, well, we're going to be saved by something outside ourselves is, is for some people, uh, um, you know, comforting, you know, and, mm-hmm. and to see our enemies punished and this kind of thing. And, and I think the other aspect of it is that there's a kind of sense once you have that line you see once you have an absolute beginning you need an absolute ending you you know you're just waiting for it (laughs) you know i mean it's it's got you know it's got to come and the anticipation of it is is getting worse you know so let's let's get it over with let's get it done and 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 things are rotten you know so let's just you know let's just you know do away with it (laughs) yeah it's a kind of giving up it's a kind of resignation i think and and uh you know, I, I think there's a there's a, a, a strange psychology built into it, uh, and, and and yet I think that that even with all that at bottom, I think there is something a healthy longing that okay, needs to be Okay, hold that passed. thought for me. That healthy longing, hold on to that for me, folks. You're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izard. Check the website www.amtherapies.com to see who, who my guest will be next week, March 22nd, 2011. At the end of that program, we will discuss the herb Uva Ursi and the Asana Sutta Buddha Konasana. Uh, my guest, April 12, 2011, will be Pat Anderson, representing those providing formulations derived from the moringa tree. And we'll be back with Dr. Joseph M. Seltzer. AchieveRadio.com Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi light therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. You are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. As I was saying before we went to break, I want to make sure you know my guest, April 12, 2011, will be Pat Anderson. Uh, and she's representing a corporation that 
provides formulations that are derived from the moringa tree. Uh, those of you who know about that know that it, it has very good medicinal uh, benefits and all the different parts of it except for one. Uh, anyway, we're back with Dr. Joseph M. Felser, author of The Myth of the Great Ending, Why We've Been Longing for the End of Days Since the Beginning of Time. And if you have questions for my guest, call 888-235-7374. That is 888-235-7374. Well, were you able to hold your thought, Dr. Felsen? <laughs> yes, yes. There was one one thing I wanted to add to that because you were asking why do people long for the ending, and I yeah. think if you think about it this way, I I, I remember that John Paul Sartre, the famous French existentialist philosopher, uh, who was in the resistance, the French resistance, and he said he never felt so alive as when he thought that any moment he might get yeah. shot because he'd be caught by. And and I think that there's something about the, this this prospect of living in this particular time in these end times that's kind of like um, it gives life a certain sense of, of drama and meaning uh, that might otherwise not exist and uh, and, and so uh, it gives us a kind of uh, I mean uh, sometimes it's been said by by people that that religion is a is a drug and you know it's, uh, I think was it Marx who said it was the opium of the masses well I think this idea of the great ending is the amphetamine of uh, uh, in a sense, I mean, because it gives people a, 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 this kind of adrenaline rush that's, uh, I think, unhealthy, but I think it gives them a, a kind of temporary sense of meaning until, of course, the letdown comes when it doesn't happen. Then comes the, the, the sort of, uh, oh, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I still have to get on with my life kind of thing, my ordinary life. And uh, and so I think that that also is, is part of it. And you can see that operating, for example, in, in some of those cults we were talking about, uh, you know, how this the sense of um, concentrating one's efforts to achieve this uh, this uh, uh, salvation or this uh, the, you know this ascension, like the Heaven's Gate people thought that they were going to be uh, beamed up to the mothership in the in the tail of the Hale Bob comet, and mm -hmm. so this kind of structures their lives and it gives them a sense of purpose and it gives them a sense of cohesion and something to work towards and hope for. And, and and I think you know in in that sense it kind of galvanizes people, um, and, and so I, I think that's one of the other one of the other aspects of it that one has to be conscious of, and and again I think there's something healthy there. I mean I think there mm -hmm. you know we we do need to feel alive, we do need to feel a sense of purpose, we do need to feel that that we are living a meaningful life. But I, I think that there are healthy ways to go about that and un unhealthy ways, and I think this is this is a, a bad a bad way. I, I think you have to put your thumb right on it there. Um, uh, there was, um, well, I, I want you to tell, give you know, the listeners your web address first and any uh, other contact information. Yeah, sure. It's um, uh, com. So I took Black Elk's uh, saying there, everything tries to be round, and uh, that's my website. I have some, some of my um, papers are on there, and, and there are some things about both my first book and, and this book. And this book, of course, is available at, at you know, Amazon and, and also at uh, the publisher is Red Wheel Wiser. So if you go to my website, there's direct links to both Amazon and, and Red Wheel Wiser. And, uh, you know, you can order it directly from them. And what's the difference between your previous book and this one? Uh, my previous book, I would say there are similarities. 
because mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, it, it's not as if I've changed my mind about um, important things. That the first book that I wrote, the the the, the way back, that they wound up calling it that. I didn't give it this title. I, the publisher <laughs> gave it this title. <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, but they called it the way back to paradise, restoring the balance between magic and raisin. And uh, I started writing that book. I would say in the, in the late '90s. And it was it was um, that book was more personal in the sense that uh, I was looking at my own uh, uh, attempt to find uh, a balance in my life between what you might call the rational and the non-rational side, uh, and and the fact that I grew up in a culture, uh, an academic and intellectual culture that did not value uh, what we might call the intuitive uh, side of things, the mystical side, the spiritual side. And I wanted to try and show that one could be uh, a rational person uh, and yet still have uh, a connection to these uh, these other aspects of ourselves and to find some way to integrate the the two. And I um, I, I talk about some of the same things that that I talk about in, in the myth of the great ending, but uh, I would say that that the other book is is more more personal. So hmm. I guess that's that's the big difference between between the two. Okay, well, we may have to have you come back and talk about that one also. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'd love to. <laughs> and then uh, why don't you tell, are, are there any upcoming book signings or things that you want our listeners to know about? Uh, I don't have anything planned now, but I, I do plan at some point to put a, a blog or, or some kind of uh, some kind of update thing on, on, the, on my website. So I guess I oh, would just good. say at this point to keep checking back with, uh, with that website. And, and uh, one of these days uh, uh, I'll put some information up there. Well, very good. Um, could you just sort of give us some quick words of wisdom? And uh, this this hour went by very much too fast. <laughs> well, it, it did for me too. Um, I, I would just say I, I would just think about the circle, and 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 I would just think about the the fact that um, it's it, it it means that everything is already connected. That that we're all hardwired in. We don't have to look for a connection. It's already there, and we just have to pay attention to what's there and that there's so many things distracting us from that and some of it's intentional and and some of it's not intentional you know i mean we we live in a very distractible society you know that values things like multitasking and so forth and and my advice is just to become aware of 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 our our sense of ourselves and our sense of of connection to uh, to nature and to each other and to the world and I, i don't think that you have to do anything, I think, in a way you sort of have to undo what what you've been taught and and just uh, remember. You know, Plato said that all true knowing is remembering. And Mm. if you remember it clearly enough, then you you don't have to go anywhere or do anything. You just have to be. And and I like that idea. Well, very good. And, And I hope that after reading your book, they will do as you suggest in the very end and trust the process. Yes, yes. That's that's my ultimate advice. Trust the process. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And you have a good evening. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's been a delight. Okay, take care. Okay, folks. Um, I think we have time for our herb of the day. Uh, tonight's herb is turmeric. 
Uh, and according to my resource is Balk and Balk, their book on the prescription for nutritional healing, third edition. And the parts they recommend for medicinal use are the rhizomes. Uh, some of the phytochemicals include alpha-panine, uh, beta-carotene, caffeic acid, eugenol, and the um, nutrients include calcium, iron, manganese, phosphorus, potassium, zinc, vitamins B1, B2, B3, and C. Um, it fights free radicals, protects the liver against toxins, inhibits platelet ag aggregation, aids circulation, lowers cholesterol levels, and improves blood vessel health. Has antibiotic, anti-cancer, and anti-inflammatory properties. Good for all arthritic conditions. Um, used as a seasonal and main ingredient in curry powder. Has inhibited the spread of HIV in laboratory tests. They caution that extended use can result in stomach distress. Not recommended for persons with biliary tract obstruction as uh, curcumin stimulates bile secretion. Okay, I don't think we'll have time for the asana, so we'll do that next week. Um, but I, you know, I didn't recommend too many times, but I, you know, that you read Dr. Saucer's book, but please do. It's a wonderful read, uh, like reading a novel. Um, you have been listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard at Achieve Radio on the Internet. Now check the website www.amtherapies.com to see who my guest will be March 22nd, 2011. At the end of next week's pro now if we don't have a live guest, which there is a possibility of, uh, make sure it will be a rebroadcast of tonight's program. Now at the end of next week's program, if it is a live program, we will discuss the herb, um, not sage, the herb Uva Ursi, and we'll do the um, the asana we were going to do tonight, which is the Arda Matsandrasana 2. Uh, remember that at the end of next week's program, that well, that April 5th will be Pat Anderson representing um, the company making the Moringa Tree formulations. Use the link on the website to listen to the program live on your computer, iPod, cell phone, uh, BlackBerry, of course, Tuesday, 7 p.m. And remember, every other Tuesday, uh, every, well, the second Tuesdays of every month, we have Monique Chapman with Monique's Moments at the end of the program. Um, and she'll answer your questions about the world and your own issues. Wellness, wholeness, and wisdom. Be well. Psychic Radio, Holistic Radio. Okay. <clears throat> Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like Iridology, Kinesiology, Reflexology, Energy Medicine, which includes Chi Life Therapy, Acupressure, and Psychological Consultations, has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. 
or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. Okay, then we're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom. With me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard here on Blog Talk Radio. And you were listening to a rebroadcast of my Joseph M. Seltzer, author of the uh, the Myth of the End of Days uh, program. Now, tomorrow... Uh, October 4, October 5, 2011, I rebroadcast my David Fetter, author of the Skinny Carbs Diet Program. And on Thursday, October 6, 2011, I rebroadcast my Linda Hawes Cleaver, author of the uh, Fatigue Prescription Program. Uh, so look forward to those two programs. Uh, Fetter gives you some very inf- good information about this, how carbs work and how they can work toward your benefit. Okay, wellness, wholeness, and wisdom. Be well. <laughs> 